Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today, we're doing another episode of A Perception of Reality. We're going to do Chapter 3. And Chapter 3 is all about manifestation events. If you have been following Joshua for a while, you know what manifestation events are. And if you're new, I'll explain it quickly. A manifestation event is any event in your experience, such as an argument or a speeding ticket or a sunset or whatever it is, and the event causes some emotion. It either causes a positive emotion in the event of something that is you think is really nice and fun and interesting, or a negative emotion when you think something is wrong. Those negative emotions let you know that you're perceiving reality as an illusion. And the manifestation event shows you this and it points out limiting beliefs. And that's the whole purpose of manifestation events. So they're a good thing, whether they're a positive one or a negative one. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. We're going to go uh, all read sections one and two in chapter three, and then the gang will join me and we'll have a conversation about it. Please remember to like and subscribe and leave a review and share this with your friends and all that stuff. And if you want more information about Joshua, visit theteachingsofjoshua.com or send me an email at garybodley at gmail.com. So enjoy the show. Chapter three, section two. Thoughts of doubt and fear are just as valid in the eyes of the universe as thoughts of hope and joy. The universe responds to all thought in the same general way. This is a good thing. It is balance. It was designed this way. If you are predominantly thinking thoughts of fear, it is the intermittent yet persistent thoughts of hope that keep well-being flowing to you. It is right that the system works this way. Throughout the history of humanity, most people lived lives of struggle and hardship based on fear. They struggled against the elements and against their fellow man. Most thought was negative in nature. Over time, man gradually became hopeful. This hopefulness brought about great change. Many learned of the inner mechanism of self. Some spread the word. A small group of people learned that reality could be altered from within. The masses grew generally more hopeful in nature. Hopefulness brought about feelings of security and love, however brief they may have been. As feelings improved, so did life. As confidence grew, so did optimism. You now live in a world that is more optimistic than ever before. Many of you have come to believe that you have power over your own destiny. This is the tipping point for the future of humanity. You are living in the final days of general negativity and are seeing humanity as a mass consciousness become generally positive. There are locations on your planet that are much more positive in nature than others. Due to your technological advances in communication, the more negative regions are gaining hope and becoming more positive as well. Mass consciousness must be led into being more positive it cannot be forced. You may not intrude into the natural paths others must take. You can only lead by your example. They will follow at their own pace. You cannot assist them with either force or charity only by your example. This works on a personal level as well. You cannot teach through words alone. If you are living the life of your dreams, those close to you will notice and will either desire that for themselves or not. If they do, they'll approach you. If not, they're not ready. You can only create in your experience and not in the experience of others. Advice usually does not assist others to an improved condition unless they are fully ready and asking for guidance. You want to help, but due to the nature of thought, they cannot hear you unless they are vibrationally prepared. You cannot learn what you are not vibrationally ready to learn. 
You'll not hear the message or understand the lessons until you're vibrationally ready for them. That is the purpose of manifestation events. They alter your vibration so you're ready for the next step. Everything is a step forward. You cannot move backwards. Every step is a step in the right direction. You can't make a mistake. You may have two choices and both are equally correct. This concept may be challenging for you to accept given your perception of reality and your social conditioning, which asks you to make only the best choice available. But when you understand the nature of reality, you'll come to see that progression is just that. There is no regression. If you trust in the mechanism of reality and know you are always moving towards your desire, whether you're moving swiftly or at a snail's pace, then you may be able to grasp our meaning here. Since there is no wrong anywhere in the universe, including your physical reality, including you as an individual in this time-space reality, you cannot make a mistake. It's impossible. No matter what choice you make, you move forward into an expanded version of you and into a new reality. If the new reality is pleasing to you, you deem the decisions you made to be the correct ones. If, on the other hand, a decision appears to be a mistake from your limited perception of reality and the larger overall picture, you now believe the decision was wrong. However, both decisions were correct. One led you to the place you thought you wanted to go, and the other is leading you to the place you want to go. Either decision will get you to the place that is a vibrational match for your desire. It's just that your limited perception of the big picture allows you to deem one decision right and the other one wrong. When you look back on your life, you may have regrets about some of the decisions you have made, and you may give thanks for other decisions. But due to your limited understanding of probabilities, you cannot trace the path that might have been. You cannot say that if you landed a particular job, then your life would have been better. You cannot know that if you had moved to a certain city, your life would have been better. The reality is, given your pervasive and persistent pattern of vibration, your life would have been incredibly similar no matter what choices you made. It's not the choices you make, but rather the vibration you offer that determines your life experience. Perception is the key to understanding how decisions affect your life. The more open you are to an understanding of the nature of reality, the easier it will be to make decisions. If either decision is a correct one, then make the decision and follow through without having doubt about where that decision may lead you. It's doubt and fear that makes a decision incorrect in your eyes. The law of attraction is bringing you to your desire one way or the other. It does not care whether you take road A or road B. Both paths lead to the same place. However, if you take road A, go for it all the way and don't look back. Believe that road A is the best choice and never again wonder if road B would have gotten you there quicker. Quicker doesn't matter when you have all the time in the universe. Most of your decisions are based on getting to your goals as fast as you can. Since the journey is the real prize, not the goal, relax about the time. There is no need to rush. Enjoy the trip. Have fun whether you choose road A or road B. By the way, time doesn't exist. It's an illusion. It's fun to see yourself progressing toward your desire. Manifestation events prove that you're on the right path to your desire. Learn to pay attention to these manifestation events when they occur. Enjoy them, whether they seem pleasurable, like a great coincidence or a wonderful conversation, or whether they seem painful, like a stoplight when you're in a hurry, or like being fired from your job. All manifestation events are good because they let you know 
you're progressing towards your desire. You cannot eliminate fear or doubt. It is a natural part of your consciousness. There's nothing inherently wrong with fear and doubt. Both let you know you're not yet ready for the manifestation of your desire. That's a good thing. You do not want your desire to manifest before you're ready, for it will cause you to not fully appreciate it when it arrives. The object of your desire may leave you feeling worse. Therefore, a little resistance is a good thing. Fear and doubt help you slow down the pace of your manifestation until you're ready. Once you're truly prepared, fear and doubt will become such a small part of the thoughts around your desire that you'll hardly notice them. Since you're ready for that which you desire, and you now know it will come to you, fear and doubt enter your thoughts far less frequently, and you will dismiss those thoughts as nonsense when they appear. Fear and doubt are like brakes on your car. Sometimes they're necessary to keep the car on the road. However, when you're traveling on a straight road, you want to release the brakes so the trip is more efficient. You can reduce the effects of fear and doubt to a large degree and thereby remove your foot from the brakes. Remember, you're the one who's applying the brakes, so ease up when you're moving forward in a straight line. There are tools you can use to lessen the resistant effects of fear and doubt. The first is to realize that there are no wrong decisions and that it's all good regardless of your perception. You can make any decision work for you if you trust that the universe is always working for you and never against you. You will get there if you simply ease up. This means don't take life so seriously. There's no rush. You have no one to impress. This world is built around you and for you. You have control. You can choose to feel good in any moment, regardless of the circumstances. You have that power. If you have doubt, remind yourself that you're going in the right direction. Believe that the choices that you've already made are the right ones. Never look back, never play the what if game. You can't see the path not taken. So forget about it and embrace the one you're on. If you want to reach your desires and achieve your dreams, you must not indulge in the useless habit of looking back and imagining what might have been. Instead, imagine what's to come. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. Howdy. Hi. 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 So this is cool. We're on Zoom and we have people all over the world. And it's just fun to get together in these conversations because who knows what we're going to talk about. But today's chapter, chapter three, we're starting with the first two sections, and it is all about manifestation events. And this is a term that Joshua coined right from the very beginning. I was sort of surprised when I saw that this is chapter three, because manifestation events really are the key to engaging the law of attraction and to sort of understanding where your vibration is. If you're cruising along and everything's going well, then you have a vibration that is aligned with who you truly are. It's aligned with love and you are on the path to manifesting everything you want. But typically we're in resistance to everything we want and that's why it doesn't exist in our lives now. So you birth a desire and the universe will guide you along this path to the manifestation of that desire. So like Abraham says, once you've created the desire, once you've birthed the desire, it's manifested and is held there in a vortex for you and all you have to do is become a vibrational match to that desire and then it's manifested into your reality. So why don't we go easily from the birth of desire to the manifested reality of the desire? It's because we have resistance, resistance to who we are, 
what's happening in our conditions right now, and all the events that are necessary for you to become this vibrational version of you that is ready for the manifested desire. So if you gave up that resistance, things would, would manifest really quickly. Uh, and these manifestation events pop up to show you where your vibration is. So if you have any wobble in your vibration, any fear of anything, you're gonna encounter first a thought and you'll be resistant to that thought. And then if you ignore that thought, it'll be an actual event like an argument or a car accident or an injury or whatever it is to show you where your wobble is. If you see the event and you don't become like emotionally attached to what it means or anything or that it's bad, if you can see it's just a message letting you know where your vibration is, well, then you can process the limiting belief that's causing you to see this event as wrong. And if you're able to process that limiting belief, then the fear will be less. There'll be less manifestation events around that subject. And when you receive inspiration, you'll be able to push past whatever the fear that pops up to do whatever you need to do to move you along that journey. The real interesting thing about this, as Joshua talks about, is that Everything is a journey. The only reason that you're holding on to this desire is, that, is to enable you to go from where you are now to this new version of yourself where the desire is manifested. And so it's never about the actual manifestation of this thing you think you want. It's always about that journey. And so it doesn't matter what you want as long as you're going along in that journey, expanding through each experience and becoming a new vibrational version of yourself that's what's really interesting and it's not the actual thing that's manifested. What do you guys think about that idea? I think it's fantastic. Well, it's funny because <laughs> well, we, go ahead. No, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's a wonderful system, but when you're in it, it, it the immediate is, is not wonderful. It, it's just great to have the tool now though, to understand that I can, can move. And, and that those things, those manifestation events don't, don't always come in a thing. They, they happen to me in dreams. Well, sure. Yeah. That's an easier thing to process is a dream because it's not real. From our perspective, it's not real. As opposed to an argument or a car accident or a lawsuit or things like that or an illness. Well, um, I, was thinking, I was thinking that um, identifying it and recognizing that it's, it's really a good thing for you so that you can start gauging it. That was the key for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, initially, manifestation events are often really intense. And then if you do this work, which is looking at the limiting belief and not blaming the outside condition, then the intensity of the manifestation events become less and less. And that's an indication that your vibration has moved to another level and you're less resistant. So the intensity of your negative emotion corresponds to the, in, to the intensity of the limiting belief. So if you have some manifestation event, like, uh, you know, I had a bunch of them around appreciation. I was doing things for people trying to be appreciated and I felt like I was uh, betrayed and it was highly intense. And eventually I had to come to the realization that I can't make others appreciate me I have to cultivate that feeling internally. And once I did that, 
I said, I'm not ever doing anything for, for anyone in order to get something out of them. I'm going to just appreciate everyone and myself and the conditions, and I'm going to cultivate this feeling of appreciation. And since I've done that, I get more appreciation back than ever before. I've noticed that as a byproduct of doing this work repeatedly, that it, I think it was, you know, Christina has said, like, once you're in it, you know, then you can't see, but like the byproduct of doing this work repeatedly is that it pulls you out of it because it puts you kind of like in this observation mode. So I think that they begin, it, once it pulls you out, they begin to lose their, their uh, full flush and, you know, impact in, in terms of the negative um, reactivity. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's like having a different perspective. If you think something, someone is doing something to you that's awful, you're going to feel really intense negative emotion and you're going to blame that person. But then if you just have this perspective like, well, hold on, they're part of my reality. So I've attracted them somehow. And that whatever is happening is a gift because it gives me the opportunity to look at this limiting belief from another angle. So I appreciate them for doing whatever they're doing to me. I don't blame them for it. Well, just that idea right there softens the intensity of it. And now you take ownership of it and you really become the creator rather than the victim. Rather than fighting against it. Exactly. The fighting against it is the thing that causes the negative emotion because your inner self knows that it's right and good and you want the manifestation event. We all think we want to avoid negative manifestation events. And so we try to control, control, control. That doesn't work. The manifestation events come anyway. And so we are resentful to whatever caused these events. Your inner self has a different opinion saying, no, you need to look at this manifestation event and see the underlying limiting belief. And this will help you manifest everything you want. You know, you want these things to happen and here you are resisting it. This is showing you a sign of that resistance. That is this clarity that you truly want. What a system, you know, that's an amazing thing. What a system that this is in place. But if you don't know the system, you sort of like are just floating around as a victim. Right. Now that we know the system, we can own our ability to create in our own reality. And again, by focusing on this desire and thinking once the desires manifest, you'll feel good. Well, now you're looking at it from a limited victim perspective. Instead of saying, okay, I have this desire. I don't know how it's going to manifest. I'm just going to be easy and going and, and relaxed about the whole thing and see what happens. And then you can say, oh, I have a manifestation event here or a negative thought here. What's the underlying limiting belief? Let's just work on that and not believe that things are wrong and they'll be solved by the manifestation of this desire, which can't work because it's, it, that's what's holding you apart from it. The idea is the absolute acceptance of what is and then being allowed to be inspired towards steps that will move you along this journey to become a vibrational match to that desire. So Rob, Rob you were talking earlier. I mean, go ahead and, and uh, talk about this analogy that Joshua uses about the car. Yeah, the car thing is awesome because Joshua talks about birthing a desire for a more reliable car. Focused on 
the fact that your current car is unreliable. Focus on what you want in a car. And so the first level of your desire might be, I want a more reliable car. But then you get a more reliable car and you think, actually, I want a much cooler car than that. Maybe I want a red sports car or even a European sports car. And so you're driving along and next thing you see three of them, you know, as you're driving around one day. And next thing, um, then you read about how these cars are amazing on corners on coastal roads. It's all this positive kind of manifestation that's coming in for your idea. And then you TV that night that um, one of these cars was on a winding road and it ended up in the canal. <laughs> and then you read some other negative thing about it and the story is about you have a mixed vibration or you have mixed feelings around this whole thing about the car that you've got this positive view of this awesome red sports car but then you've actually got, oh maybe I'm going too fast, maybe there's a traffic policeman around the corner, maybe I'm, then you see people by the side of the road getting a ticket for going too fast. So. And Joshua says that one of the reasons many people don't get the things they want is because they have this mixed vibration that all the positive things about the car and then you're manifesting this and imagining these fears. And the story was mainly about the specificities. How specific? (laughs) (laughs) I know that word. How specific? (laughs) And um, should I talk about that or you want to get to that later? Yeah, go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, so that was really cool too because I've been thinking about that for a while that Joshua says the more general you desire, um, the more the universe will bring it to you. And as you get more specific, um, on the one hand, you're going to manifest it faster, but on the other hand, you're going to bring in more fear and doubt the more specific you get. And I, I kind of thought my conclusion had been until tonight when, uh, when I read this again that you want to have a general desire, and I've been talking with Trace, who's Trace B on my screen here, my partner about it. And she says, you know, some things I have really specific desires and I know exactly what I want. And I said, do you have any fear or doubt about that? She said, no, not on those things I don't. So Joshua says, I really like this because I can kind of picture it in my mind, that get more and more specific about the thing you want until you get to the point there's a fear or a doubt. And then that's your point or you back off a little bit. So now I kind of understand, right, be as specific as you can until you hit fear and doubt, and then either move past that or keep it at that level of generality. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so we go deeper when we go in the boot camp because we're at another level here. So we're saying, okay, there's a difference between what you think you want and what you truly want. And so if you think you want this red sports car, maybe what you truly want is freedom and you're trying to manifest that idea of freedom in this car. Like I've been pining after a Porsche Boxster because where we are here, there's so many great windy roads and you can not a lot of cops around on the back roads and you can go as fast as you like. And that kind of car to me really holds the road and it would be a lot of fun. But you never know if that's the most elegant manifestation of that desire. So you could be led to another car or another thing, or maybe, you know, just the fun thought of that car is all you need because who knows, maybe we'll be moving back to Florida where it's straight roads and that car would be useless here. So sort of allow the universe to bring you what you truly need. And that's done by being very general. But if you are super specific and you think that the only way I'm going to have any fun is to have this car or whatever this desire is, then 
you are sort of in resistance to what's actually going to happen, which you can't really know what that's going to be from where you are now. In fact, you can't know at all, nor do you want to know. Right, because you're trying to, uh, you're imagining that this thing, that your desire, once you get it, it's going to make you happy. Right. That's why, yeah, so that's why being so specific. But if you're specific in something that you want to experience, you know, hey, I want to experience what it's like to have a Boxster, you know, and, and drive it, you know, and that's great. But you understand that that's not, you know, you're happy now. You're not waiting for that to, you know, make you happy. You just, you know, hey, I want to experience it. Sounds like, you know. Sounds yeah, it's a, it's a compliment to how you feel, right. not the solution to the lack of how you feel. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and that's truly what you want. You want to have to create this vibration of ease and allowing and love. And then whatever comes to you is based in that vibration without needing to be too specific about anything. So this is the difference between what you think you want and what you truly want. Right. And we can have, be, and do anything. You can just as easily be a terrorist as a, you know, run a charitable foundation or something, you know. And neither is right or wrong. You can make these things happen. But that's doing it on your own and efforting and struggling and going through manifestation events and never feeling good. Or you can adopt this stance of ease and joy and acceptance of what is and then just allow the universe to bring you things that match how you're feeling. And if you could do that, you're very general. You are more in the moment. You're seeing more things as right. You're perceiving your reality from a much broader and higher perspective. You're feeling good all the time. And then things show up to complement that. That's what you truly want. That's this clarity Joshua keeps talking about. That's and that's right. sort of a deeper level, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this one line here, every, or the paragraph, every desire is an actualized reality in vibrational terms. Um, imagine for a moment that you birth a desire and you can see it emanate from your body and float up in the air in front of you. It actually exists. You can see it. It has color and it shimmers and glows and hovers there in the middle of the room. It's not static, but rather it's constantly changing. It grows larger and smaller and larger again. It changes shape and color and intensity. It uh, glows brighter and then dimmer. All of these things happen as you change the feeling of that desire. In one moment, you are in, in anticipation of the desire and the desire grows larger and brighter. So this is, you know, the anticipation is a feeling aligned with love. And so this brings energy to the desire and the desire grows bigger. In the next moment, you have doubt that it'll ever manifest, and so the object grows smaller and dimmer. So doubt is based in fear, and so when you're feeling fear, you actually restrict or limit that, that uh, manifestation from happening. Mm -hmm. It's always a match to how you feel about it. You are either, or sorry, you are always moving toward your desire. The better you feel about the desire and this manifestation, the easier your journey will be. And then Abraham always says, once you transition to non-physical, all your desires are, are instantly manifested because there's no more resistance. And so you may not get the desire in while you're living in physical reality, but you will get it when you transition to the non-physical. So then, if you want it to manifest in physical reality, 
the way to do that is give up the resistance to it. And that resistance is always based in fear and limiting beliefs. But, okay, so it seems to me that we also need a touch of that fear and doubt to guide us along the way, almost in like we're walking this balance beam of specificity um, and that we need a tiny bit of tension to move, a tiny bit of that fear and doubt to move us forward so that we're constantly like doing this whole general specific thing and it's, it's like propelling us in a forward motion. Okay, so you don't need the fear and doubt the manifestation events will show you that there is fear and doubt, okay. right? And but, so they point it out. So you don't need it because the, there is no value in doubt. It's simply limiting. Now, you're walking along the edge of a cliff and you have a thought about jumping off. You feel fear and so you limit yourself from jumping off. So therefore, in that case, since you don't wanna die, the fear is beneficial because it's limiting you from dying. So yeah, but, that, yeah. yeah, the fear and doubt are beneficial. So you were having a conversation with us last night. You're talking about reaching out to someone who you perceive is way advanced above you. And you had this fear about writing this email. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the thing you want is to create this program that will be of benefit to people you know, families of kids and kids and stuff like that. And so you have this inspiration to have a podcast or some sort of thing going on with this guy that you think is, whoa, he's so successful and he's so amazing and he's way ahead of where I am. And so you don't send the email or you don't write the email or you doubt yourself every step along the way. Mm -hmm. So you are limiting yourself from creating what you were inspired to create. Based on what? based on a false perception of yourself, based on limiting beliefs about who you are. If you had none of those limiting beliefs, like I don't have that same, for, for this per person, I, right. if I had that inspiration, in my mind, I'm equal to that person. Or in fact, I know more than that person does. In my mind, you know more than that person does because you've gone through the boot camp. So it's irrational to me why you would limit yourself. But from your perspective, it's totally rational. It makes a lot of sense. Now, you have the fear, and what is the fear really about? It's about how you would feel if he rejects you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You are avoiding negative emotion, but negative emotion is the only ramification of the worst mm -hmm. possible scenario. Mm -hmm. And if you can say, I don't need to feel the negative emotion, or even if I do feel it, I'll be more clear on my limiting beliefs. So the negative emotion is actually guidance and it's a good thing. Then you'd be doing all these things. Like I do these things all the time. I reach out to people all the time to be on the podcast or for me to be on their podcast. And 99% of the time, I never hear a thing back. You know, yeah. I don't care. I can't be in control of their belief system or, or where, how busy they are, or if they even got the email or any of these things, you know, I don't know what it is. I'm not assuming that they think I'm a loser and that's why they're not getting back to me, but I could assume that, right? But that would be based on a limiting belief. In my case, I just feel that, okay, you know, Joshua is pretty out there and there's a, you know, not a, you know, it's a new technology or a new, uh, way of looking at life that people aren't ready to embrace all the time. 
you know, and so possibly that's part of it and possibly it's part of it that they are looking for people to grow their audience or whatever that is. I'm not taking it personally. Um, exactly. You know, right. Whereas uh, I'm like, you know, fishing for evidence of. Yeah. So just like when, yeah, exactly. Just like when you said, you know, you had had email, you know, uh, talks with him back and forth and he writes back, who are you? You know, so there are two different ways you can look at that. Like, who are you? Or he could be like, who are you? And you can go back and you can say, well, I'm a doctor, I'm registered in heart math and all that certified in this and that and that. You could go and list all these wonderful things about you and say, this is who I am. And you are an amazing, magnificent being. So, you know, as opposed yeah. to like you thinking, you have no idea what's going on in anybody else's head. So why do we do this to ourselves? You know, uh, imagine that they're thinking the worst about us. Okay. So Michelle, would you like to be a guest on the Law of Attraction Roundtable with me? Yes. Well, I'm too busy right now, but uh, maybe when you get some more credentials, we'll do it. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you, I'll show you my PhD from Cornell. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> my certifications. No, see, yeah. so why is it easy to be? Harvard yeah. Yale, okay? So we're friends and we know each other and, you know, so it's easy for you to, to talk to me and we will do this. Well, let's book it next week. But it's like, with, you know, you, you know more about what I think of you. And so it's easier to push past fear and be with your friends because you're assuming your friends like, love, and respect you. Mm-hmm. And you're assuming strangers will think something else of you. And it's all made up by an untrained imagination. That's all it is. So we get to create whatever perception or perspective we want, and that's how we create a reality, is by creating these empowering perspectives. Since we don't have all the information, why do we use our, our imagination to think the worst instead of thinking the best? That's protection. It's like control, right? Yeah, yeah. But the, the real issue there is, if you have these inspiring ideas that are, that are part of your journey of self-discovery, which is what you intended prior to your birth, is this powerful stream carrying you forward to become the amazing person that you intended to be. Um, if you're resisting it, you're gonna live in conflict and it's gonna be an inner conflict and it's gonna reinforce your limiting beliefs so that they grow stronger over time. And then that builds more conflict and more fear. And you can see as people get older, they sort of are living lives in more fear, not less fear, because they're not processing these limiting beliefs. And it's really this life of fear that is what suffering is all about. You know, and the, this authentic life where you're actually acting on inspiration is not a life without fear. It's a life of processing fear, analyzing it, seeing if it's rational or irrational, and then pushing past it. And every time you do that, you expand and you gain confidence. Okay. I'm not, okay. Okay. <laughs> I think the, you know, the, one of the things that really hit me when, in reading this book the first time and and then maybe even more going through the boot camp was that the only thing I'm afraid of is negative emotion. The fear I'm feeling right now is the fear that I'm going to feel more fear 
it's not going to be any more intense than what I'm feeling right now, what I could possibly fear. So, you know, I think even Joshua may have said sometime that everything you, you really want is, is on the other side of right. that fear. So pointing myself to the fire, right. And just knowing that the only thing that's going to happen is that I'm going to feel exactly like I feel right now. And right. it's not that bad. Yeah. So, you know, just go that way. And, and you don't, you don't know how, yeah. you know, how it's going to turn out. We imagine it's going to turn out poorly, but yeah. typically really, it, it yeah. doesn't. I yeah. mean, more often than not, it, it, it goes always fine or it's just, you know, very neutral. And then I can understand when I get what I think is a result that I'm just judging that. So, right. you, you know, you start to talk yourself through it. It, it can happen in minutes and you say, nope, I'm going, I'm going to do it. And, and you just do. Yeah. You know, um, on a recent Joe Rogan podcast, he's talking to Josh Holm, who's the singer of um, Queen of Queens of the Stone Age, and they start talking about law of attraction and Esther Hicks and everything. And so I pushed past my fear, and I went on the website and I um, filled out the form to request to be a guest. And that's you know that's the same thing. It's like really pushing past fear to do that. Yet, I'm also not attached to the outcome because I don't know if it's better for me to be on that podcast or to not be on that podcast, right? Being on the podcast could bring in millions more people into the Joshua community and that could be a good thing or a bad thing. You know, who knows? So I'm not, I, I let go of my attachment to the outcome, allowing the universe to figure it out. And all I'm doing is acting on inspiration. So that's another thing is, you know, you have this desire and you have this imaginary manifestation of this desire. And so you become attached to the thing you're imagining, saying this is going to be this answer to all my problems. Um, and then that attachment to the desire causes you to feel fear in moments whenever you think it's not being manifested or going in a different direction. And that different direction could be of much greater benefit, but you just can't see it right now. Okay, so uh, the idea of any desire can be general in nature or more specific. The more specific you get, the greater the possibility that doubt and fear will enter the vibrational pattern of your desire, which means that it'll start to dim the desire. The less specific or more general you become, the easier it is to be free from doubt and fear. And, and the less that you have an attachment to a certain outcome, right? A specific outcome. So general, being more general is the way to, to not allow the fear to come in. The uh, more specific you are, the faster the desire will manifest into your reality, as Rob said. And the idea is to be as specific as you can without allowing fear and doubt to enter the vibrational pattern of desire. Now, also, it's the thing about how quickly do we think we want these things to manifest. We are so impatient, and we, we actually do. I mean, this is, this is Aladdin and the lamp, you know. We want wishes to come true instantly. But if we're not ready for them to come true, it's not going to be what we think it's going to be. It's going to be more confrontation on your limiting beliefs. You really want the journey to evolve at your speed rather than to be pushed into the deep end. 
You want to gently go in at what's comfortable for you along the way. Now you can speed up the process a bit, but I don't think we need to really manifest everything right away. Okay. Thoughts of doubt and fear are just as valid in the eyes of the universe as thoughts of hope and joy. The universe responds to all thought in the same way. This is a good thing. It is balanced. It is designed this way. If you are pr predominantly thinking thoughts of fear, it is the intermittent yet persistent thoughts of hope that will keep well-being flowing to you. Uh, it is right that the system works this way. Okay, so <clears throat> if you're not ready for something, you don't want it to manifest. And that's what fear is. It's your not readiness, right? That's all that fear is. If you're ready for it, then it can manifest easily because there's no doubt or fear. If you're not ready for it, then the doubt and fear keeps it from manifesting too quickly. That's a great system, isn't it? Yet most of us aren't aware of the doubts and fears. We, we just are in fear. And so now we're becoming consciously aware that the fear could be irrational and we, it may not be necessary, you know. Michelle could be in fear of approaching this person because she just isn't ready. And so she works on these limiting beliefs and in a year she has this inspiration again and now she's ready. So if she's not ready, this person could come back and say, no, I don't wanna do it or who are you? And then a year from now when she is ready, she could have the same inspiration reach out to him again and suddenly he's interested now, you know? Something has happened. So this idea is that it's always working out and the fear lets you know where you are vibrationally. It's a good, pretty good system. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Throughout the history of humanity, most people lived lives of struggle and hardship based on fear. They struggled against the elements and against their fellow man. Most thought was negative in nature. Over time, man, man gradually became hopeful. This hopefulness brought about great change. Many learned of the inner mechanism of self. Some spread the word. A small group of people learned that reality could be altered from within. The masses grew generally more hopeful in nature. And this is the idea that everyone is moving from fear to love, and that some of us have come here on this leading edge of thought to practice this more intentionally and to see how we can move quicker from fear to love and from love to more love, you know, and to be an example for those who are coming at a later time to see what can be created when you move out of fear and into love. Um, hopefulness brought about feelings of security and love, however brief they may have been. As feelings improved, so did life. As confidence grew, so did optimism. You now live in a world that is more optimistic than ever before. Many of you have come to believe that you have power over your own destiny. This is the tipping point for the future of humanity. You are living in the final days of general negativity and are seeing humanity as a mass consciousness become generally more positive. That's what this age of awakening is all about. 
Mm. Awakening to the realization that our thoughts and feelings create our reality. And to create a more pleasurable reality, we create more pleasurable thoughts and feelings. We live more in love. So this is another interesting paragraph here. There are locations on your planet that are much more positive in nature than others. Due to your technological advances in communication, the more negative regions are gaining hope and becoming more positive as well. Mass consciousness must be led to being more positive. It cannot be forced. You may not intrude into the natural paths of, uh, that others must take. You can only lead by your example. They will follow at their own pace. You cannot assist them with either force or charity, only by your example. Um, and so <clears throat> this has been sort of obvious that America is more positive than, you know, Estonia, for instance, or even Italy or, or Greece. It's somehow because of how this country was created, it seems like the more optimistic people were the ones who made that journey to land here. And then they raised children with the same sense of optimism. And so you see places like US, Canada, Australia as the first more positive things. And, there are, and that's where, if you look at the stats on the podcast, almost you know, the great majority of listeners are in Canada, Australia, and US. But now all of a sudden, UK is getting really big. And so I work with people from the US and from UK all over the world, but you can see that there's much more resistance just in general in the people in UK because they have this class system where they're born to believe that some are superior and others are inferior and they don't perceive the equality that we perceive in the US. And so they have more fear about their own worthiness. And so everything really is a point of worthiness. Now we see so many French people coming in. And in fact, the Joshua Live podcast is one of the top podcasts in France in the spirituality genre. Yet, how many people speak English in France, right? It's just showing you that, they, that there's such a thing. And, and uh, we just started our first boot camp in French for French speaking people. And Audrey is in charge of this boot camp, and she's uh, French as well. She lives in Canada. And so she's like, all these people now are getting interested and joining in a French language version of it. So it's pretty cool. I have to so, say, go ahead. I'm from my perspective in Germany, as you know, it's, uh, it is also the negative looks at the positive as a negative too. So, you know, that's the, if you're in negative, like from a cultural standpoint, you're going to look at America and this optimism as being superficial, as being uh, even somehow misled and, and a bad influence. But um, it's just because, you know, the, the, the negative or the, the constrictive. And, and, and to be honest, America, of course, has a lot of craziness, which Joshua actually thinks is a, is a good thing, obviously. It's, it's dynamic. Yeah. Um, but it... it I think it's coming, of course, but it's funny to, you know, yeah. see You know, it's, it's as evidenced in Europe that tipping is a, not considered a good thing to do. And 10 years ago, when you tipped a bartender from an American, you know, reference, the bartender sort of took insult to it. 
thinking, you know, it's like saying I'm a servant. Well, we don't see it that way in the US and we see it as a form of generosity. So now all these Americans are in Europe tipping like crazy and it's sort of like the local population is now resentful of it because now they're expected to tip in the same form, yeah. <laughs> you know? And the servers are becoming, you know, well, hey, why was I resisting this? This is just more money, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, I've seen that before. I've seen that here, literally, I mean, people turning away money um, is because they, uh, it's, it's, and as gratuity even, like, um, like you're saying that, you know, you're, I don't know, you're, you're trying to buy me off or, you know, I, I'm, you know, I've seen this weird, really weird manifestation events around, around these type of things where, um, and people in general here are very, they don't spend a lot on pleasurable things, you know, not, they have a lot of Porsches here too, like you're talking about that, but it's not, it's very low key about, you know, showing flashiness or, you know, these type of things, um, which I think is also, you know, you have to stick with the norm and not, you know, not to go too far beyond that. And that, that's changing, of course, but there is in general a little bit of, uh, of this going on. Sure. It's this old entrenched belief system that is saying, you know, flashiness is just a form of self-promotion and, uh, you know, and it's, it's like, well, you could see it from that limited perspective or you can see it from the higher perspective, you know, and if you can be okay with everyone expressing themselves however they want to express themselves. But it, it is interesting how rapidly everything is changing because these are, you know, centuries old belief systems that because of technology, they're watching YouTube and watching, you know, I always said that the reason the Berlin Wall came down was because the U.S. was transmitting the TV show Dallas and they could see how Americans were living. And they're like, holy, because they didn't realize it without seeing these images, how other people were living, you have this belief system, well, this is just how everyone's living in the whole world, so I can't complain. Now they're seeing this grand lifestyle compared to the communist lifestyle, and they're like, forget it, we're not taking this anymore, the desires grow so, so strong. Now that we're in this age where pretty much, you know, unless you're in China and, and they have the great firewall there, you can see these, these examples of people just doing amazing things, and that's going to create desire, and the desire will drive forward the change. And so it's happening so quickly. It is. It's cool that we're all in different countries, and we all can experience, you know, these different cultures and the different belief systems, and just realizing the belief systems aren't wrong, but they are limiting. So, you know, you can see how that belief system of being a, a bartender and thinking a tip is bad is simply a limiting belief, and we have our own limiting beliefs, no matter how positive we think we are here in the US, it's still limiting. So what's the best way to deal with that in an attractive universe is to look and analyze each belief. Is this really true? Is it really true for me? Is it always true? Is there evidence to show that it's false actually? And that I need not believe in that. That process of analyzing and looking at these beliefs as not true or false, but simply limiting or not limiting, you know? And if we can move to a belief system that's less limiting, then all this stuff opens up for us.
Very cool. All righty, let's go on here. We're just rambling around here. Okay, the law of attraction is bringing you to your desire one way or the other. It does not care whether you take road A or B. Both paths lead to the same place. However, you take road A, go for it all the way and don't look back. Believe that road A is the best choice and never again wonder if road B would have gotten you there quicker. Quicker doesn't matter when you have all the time in the universe. Right? So the next one is, most of your decisions are based on getting to your goals as fast as you can. Since the journey is the real prize, not the goal, not the manifestation of your desire, relax about the time. There's no need to rush, enjoy the trip, have fun with either road you choose, and by the way, time doesn't exist, it's an illusion. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Always. Um, time is this is the thing, we make a decision, and we always second guess that decision. And then we use our untrained imagination to say, damn, if I had done this other thing, it would have been a better result. But that is not real. It's just making it up. You don't, have, you don't know what would have happened on that other, if that other decision was made. So Joshua was always talking about lean into all of your decisions and see them as the absolute right decision. Once you've made a decision, that decision is perfect and it will still lead you to your desire and in the best possible way. So you can't make a mistake. It's fun to see yourself progressing toward your desire. Manifestation events prove that you're on the right path to your desire. Isn't that interesting? So if you're having manifestation events, it means that you're on the right path and that you're going, but if you're having a lot of them, you're going quickly, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and you will notice that manifestation events will tend to be around that same subject could be abundance or appreciation or worthiness so that you can see that limiting belief from many different angles. Um, but can't you also be on your path? Um, like Mira was talking about yesterday. It's very rare that she has, you know, manifestation events. So, I mean, that's good too. I mean, I feel like every day, I'm in a good mood and I rarely get into, you know, um, times, you know, where I have a lot of negative emotion or, you know, make negative manifestation events, but I know I'm on my way to my desires, you know? Yes. But we're getting at a deeper level here because what we're doing is we've done so much work in the boot camp that now we process the negative emotions so quickly mm -hmm. because we're choosing this higher perspective. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so it doesn't feel the same way it used to feel. Right. We're still having them, but at much lower intensity. Absolutely. But what you have to realize is when you're receiving inspiration and you're not acting on that inspiration, it's due to fear. So you can always say, why yeah. aren't I acting on this inspiration? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, you, what happens if you have already manifested everything you've desired? So now you're living, if you think about all, Tracy, all the manifestations, all the desires that you wanted, they've come true now. Mm -hmm. So what? So now you have to think, what's next for you? What's the next desire? That sort mm -hmm. of thing. And so for a while, you live in this comfortable, easy place of just enjoying the manifestations. You've created this entire life that is, you know, everything you've wanted. 
And so now what's the next thing? And so maybe the next thing isn't, isn't that strong because you love where you are so, so much. Right. It's like, had you, you know, saving up for this trip to a resort and you say, wow, I've worked really hard. I want two weeks at this resort. So you get there and you lay on the beach and you drink cocktails and you have nice dinners and you go back the next day and lay on the beach and you drink cocktails and have nice dinners and the next day you go on the beach. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm getting these ideas. And by the end of that two weeks, you're like, I can't wait to get back home and start doing these things. Sure, yeah. You don't want to be on that beach the rest of your life. You want to enjoy this, this manifestation of a dream and then realize that What's there's something next? more. What's right, next? exactly. Okay. So you cannot eliminate fear or doubt. It's a natural part of your consciousness. There's nothing inherently wrong with fear and doubt. Both let you know you're not ready for the manifestation of your desire. That's a good thing. You don't want the desire to manifest before you're ready for it because you will not fully appreciate it when it arrives. The object of your desire may leave you feeling worse. Therefore, a little resistance is a good thing. Um, so that is really what Michelle was saying right there. And um, yeah, cool. All right, let's go to the uh, last couple paragraphs here. There are tools you can use to lessen the resistant effects of fear and doubt. The first is to realize that there, is no, there, there are no wrong decisions and that it's all good regardless of your perception. If you, uh, you can make any decision work for you if you trust that the universe is always working for you and never against you. You will get there if you simply ease up. This means do not take life so seriously. There is no rush. You have no one to impress. The world is built around you, built around and for you. You have control. You can choose to feel good in any moment, regardless of the circumstances. You have that power. So you can choose a higher perspective in every moment. You can choose to say, this thing is happening for me and not to me right? You can look at things because you don't have all the information from this higher perspective. Those are the tools that you have, and you can process your limiting beliefs. If you have doubt, remind yourself that you're going in the right direction. Never, okay, believe that the choices you've already made are the right ones. Never look back, never play the what-if game. You can't see the path not taken, so forget about it and embrace the one you're on. If you want to reach your desires and achieve your dreams, you must not indulge in the useless habit of looking back and imagining what might have been. Instead, imagine what is to come. So that's a pretty cool two sections of chapter three. This book continues to amaze me every time I go into it again. It's all right there from the beginning, six years ago this was written. This was written from um, November 15th to January 15th in 2013-14. So, about six years ago from today. And we've done all this stuff, all these podcasts, all these events, all this live channeling, um, all, you know, all the other books were written and it's so amazing how it was all here in the beginning. Cool. Do you, anyone have any parting words? No, only that if the, the more you read this, at least for me, this is my second time through it. it it's, it's completely different or it, it feels different to me. Almost like it was written and there were words that I read and now 
those same words are just totally different. Everything's different. And I don't really, and I guess that's just changing your vibration and, you know, and, and understanding it and seeing it that way. But it's, it's really amazing. To yeah. As it. you read it the first time you've raised your vibration for that experience. And then you, for instance, took the boot camp. So you raise your vibration through that experience. And then you go back and you read this again and you see things that you were not ready for before because yeah. you've expanded your vibration and now you're ready for these things that you missed the first time. This is the big story about these books is the first time you read it, you go through a highlighter and you highlight all these passages. And the next time you read it, you see all these other things and you start highlighting an entire different thing. People use different colors each time they read it and then they go back and see the differences in the colors. Right, yeah, cool. makes yeah. sense. I just found, and especially reading this one again, that everything I wanted the first time I read the book is completely different now. Yeah, right? Totally, I mean, like it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. How different <laughs> what I want now as I'm reading this, I can remember what yeah. I wanted as I read this before and now it doesn't look anything like that. Yeah, a lot of things we want are to make us look good. Mm-hmm. Or, seem like we've had some success, right? But what we truly want is to become what we intended. This ultra powerful expression of source creating at the highest levels. And we limit ourselves from doing those things because we have fear of who am I to do these things, you know? Sure. Yeah. And we see other people, we don't say, okay, Oprah, who is Oprah to do these things? Well, Oprah has done all these things, right? And that's where she got. Well, she's lived her life and has come to this realization that she's far more powerful than she thought in the beginning. And if you look at early episodes of Oprah, it was a lot like, you know, Maury Povich, bringing in conflict and things like that. And then she evolved to this show really about love. And that's where everything took off. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny to watch as I'm doing this TV show to watch those old episodes of Oprah. And I'm thinking, well, okay, she didn't start off so so magnificent in the beginning either. So it's interesting. Yeah, she evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, you guys, thanks so much for being here. Does anyone have anything else they want to say? Thank you. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks for being here. And we'll see you next week on the Law of Attraction Book Club. Um, also we have two other podcasts, Joshua live and the law of attraction and the law of attraction Roundtable. You can join our Facebook group at the friends of Joshua, just search friends of Joshua in Facebook. And of course the website is the teachings of Joshua.com. Uh, we have periodic boot camps going on. So if you're interested in taking a boot camp, check out the website. There's a whole page on that. And otherwise we'll see you again next week. Goodbye everyone. Bye. 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 B